Man, sometimes <laughs> this is so simple. I mean, obviously, we sing about Jesus, we talk about Jesus, but then sometimes we just, I don't know, you just kind of want to tell your story, and it's just so simple. And this, like, Jesus has changed my life. And I think about where I was, who I was, and I don't know how to explain it other than this guy changed everything about me. And, uh, man gave me hope and purpose I want to read out of John 17 today and this is a prayer that Jesus prayed right before he died right before he was arrested so kind of in his final hours this is what is on his heart he's going to pray for his buddies those disciples who were with him but then we'll see later today he's going to pray for for us too all right he says my prayer is not for the world but for those who have given, you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you and you've given them to me so they can bring me glory. He says, now I'm departing the world. He knew his time, it was, it was running short. They're going to stay in the world and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. So he prays a prayer. He's like, hey, I want unity. (laughs) In a world that's so divided, man, they can get this. I want them to be united just as we are. It's a picture of who God is. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so not one was lost except for the one headed for destruction. That's Judas. We'll learn about him in a little bit. Now, I'm, go- I'm coming to you, and I-, I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your world, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one, for they do not belong to this world any more than I do. What's he saying? He's like, you're in the world. <laughs> We're in the world. I'm not taking you out. You're in this world, but you're not of the world. You're from your from, you're, you're heavenly Father. It says, make them holy by your truth. Now teach them your word, which is truth. We got into scripture last week. If you were here last week, we talked about how important it is to hunger after this thing, to get after God's word and see what it says. Just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. There's a mission. There's a purpose here. Jesus was all about mission. Everything he said, everything he did was on purpose and for a purpose. I'm sending them into the world, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. We're going to dive into this today. We're going to talk about relationships today. I want to help you in your relationships at home. I want to help you in your relationships in the workplace. I want to help us in our relationships so that we can be on mission too and that we can love Los Alamos and you can live out your purpose in your life. But before we jump into all that, I want you to take just like, I don't know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, say hello to like three or four or five people, welcome them, give them something positive. Say, hey, you look good today. You made it to church. You're looking strong. Did you lose weight? I don't know, something. Say hello to the people and welcome them here. Um, Also, uh, we were talking about stats earlier. Rita mentioned stats. Um, How many of y'all brought your Bible today? And I'm not not guilting anyone. A lot of us did. I challenged this last week. I said, hey, if you weren't here last week, you missed it. But um, um, hey, bring bring your Bible, all right? And and stats say that 80% of people who bring their Bible to church go to heaven. So (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying. 
it goes up to 95 if you, if you highlight and you write and you put things in the margins. You can actually do it. No, that's what I was saying. I, I, I mentioned last week, bring your Bible. Why? I mean, I'll put it up on the screen. But, man, there's so much. When you, when you can get in here, highlight, circle, write, whatever God's meant to, you know, get in the margins and write in there. And then later on, you know, a year later when you totally, what, what am I talking about? In five hours, you're going to forget the sermon anyway, all right? So you'll get back in there and be like, oh, yeah, 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 that was speaking. That was there. I like that here. Happens all the time. So and I have my Bible that's on my app here. You can do the same thing, highlight, make notes, and all that sort of stuff. So I don't care. But it was just one of those challenges that we made. So if you didn't, if you didn't bring your Bible, I don't, want to, I don't want to guilt you or anything like that. I'm glad you're here. Um, Jesus, that guy, that's the guy we're talking about. He always lived on purpose. And... He would live for like a, a, a kingdom purpose, oh, like this invisible thing that, that is almost a little bit hard to describe, right? He's talking to, to, in this prayer where he's saying, hey, I'm coming to you, God, this, you know, this spiritual aspect of life. But he's like, I'm about building the kingdom. I'm about building relationships with, with, with God, which Jesus was God just in the flesh, all right? And so he, he's trying to help people towards that end. Because you could build success in life and totally miss the point of life, which is that God created you, loves you, and wants a relationship with you. And, and you could go through all the religious lists, which all those people, a lot of the Pharisees and stuff, they did all the religious things, and they missed Jesus. He was standing right there in front of them. And so I, I want to help us as we love Los Alamos, that's kind of our, our phrase around here, that we just we want to love our community. We want to love individuals. One-on-one, we love businesses. We just want to help our community and spread that love to, to, to the people around us. But if we're going to do that, we've got to be on purpose. It's, it's got to be a little bit intentional. It's not going to just happen randomly. And we've got to do it the king's way. Like, I want to do it my way, when I want to, how I want to, when I feel all right, and, and those sorts of things. And we find when we get into God's Word, no, he's, he's like, no, here's how I want you to do it. Here's the game plan. Here's who we're going to be. Here's how we're going to love Los Alamos. Here's how we're going to love the community around us. And when you, when you live like that, we see with Jesus, not only was he living with purpose, he lived with power. The guy was healing people. Lives were being changed. And, and so... When I partner with people, when I, and I want to talk about relationships, that uh, building friendships and different things like that, like I want relationships that have that purpose, that, that have that kingdom mindset, that have that bigger picture, that larger picture of what life is about. But I also want to partner with people who have power. Like if you're someone living life, but you don't have any power, then you're just weight, like dead weight. Like, we're trying to move forward. We're trying to take next steps of faith. And if, if you don't have no power, if you're not moving, I'm just, I'm like dragging somebody along with me. And so I want us to be able to, to, to partner with people, have relationships with people that are moving in, in some of that same direction. Now, let me, I want to bring some clarity here because I don't, I don't well, I'll try to, because I, I, I want to share about how to pick somebody who, who you can partner with in this season or a group of somebody's, and you can be major players in this kingdom. You can really take some steps of faith 
and, and get around the right group of people and actually start living out your purpose. All right. Now, when we say love Los Alamos, we love everybody. So I'm not like saying, hey, I'm excluding people and just saying, hey, you don't deserve love and compassion. No, everybody deserves all these things. But when we're on mission together, when we're partnering together, how do we pick the right partners? Who am I looking for? Who's going to be a good friend? Who's going to be the one that I can trust when times get hard is going to be there? How do we develop relationships and be a little bit intentional? Because some of us will just jump into relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. Oh, they look good. That looks fun. That, that, and, we have no, and we end up in pain and regret because we didn't pay any attention to how God's saying, hey, maybe here's how you want to build some relationships. Here's some things you want to look out for. And so I want us to have strong relationships in the season with everybody. But at the same time, if you're going to roll with somebody, what are we looking for in this season? Now, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, um, we talked about butterflies and, and uh, caterpillars, right? Does anybody remember this? We talked about transition, how all of us at, at, really are in life in some way, shape, or form, either at a micro level or at a macro level, we're changing we are in transition from, from what was to what is. And I don't know if that's you know, just an, an event in your life or you moved or a new job or there's other things that are happening in your life of who, you know, it's 2024. I, I was this, now I want to move here. We're in transition. A lot of us get stuck in the, I, I said it again, Cancun. Uh, we, I would love to be stuck in Cancun. We're stuck in the cocoon. <laughs> We're stuck in the middle. And, and the, in the middle, in the cocoon, if you were to open it up, is basically caterpillar soup. It liquefies, and, you do, and it doesn't resemble a caterpillar, and it doesn't resemble a butterfly, and that's the pain of transition, is letting go of this past that I once knew that was comfortable, and at the same time, you have an open hand that you, you don't have a grasp on it, what's new, what's next. It's, it's this, this painful spot of, I don't know where I'm going quite yet, and, and in transition, we get to the butterfly. Have you ever noticed that really, outside of this picture, butterflies and, and caterpillars don't really ha have much in common. They, they, they have different perspectives and, and different trajectories in which they're, they're, they're going. They're not, they're not really hanging out. Butterflies are not hanging out with the caterpillars. And for some of you who are in transition, who, have, who are taking steps forward and, and moving in the direction that you want to go into that, that beautiful butterfly, have you ever been around somebody who is still a caterpillar? I mean, when you get around them, it's, 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 kind of, it's a little bit painful because, you know, within just a couple seconds, they know the old you, the old caterpillar you, and those conversations just circle back to the same old thing and what was. And, and how do you tell someone nicely, I'm not that anymore. I've moved on. I'm, move, I'm moving forward. That, that five minutes is so freaking uncomfortable whenever you get around that person because it's always the same old thing, always the same old attitudes, always the same old drama. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not there. I love you, but I'm, I'm, I've got a different path and a different trajectory. We're going to see some things as we build some relationships that, that are going to help us out. And I, I see some confused faces here, so I'm going to keep going through here. Jesus picked his partners. Jesus picked who he was going to do, do life with and do mission with. All right? He had lots and lots of followers, lots and lots of disciples, but he only picked 12. 
And he said, we're going we're, we're gonna to do this on mission and on purpose. Let's look at this. He says, he says uh, um, in, in Luke chapter 6, One day, soon afterward, Jesus went up to a mountain to pray. And he prayed to God all night. He spent some time with God here. God, what are we supposed to do? What's my next step? Coming out of this time, he says, at daybreak, he called together all his disciples, and he chose 12 of them to be his apostles. The ones that he's sending into the world, the ones that are going to be on mission, he picked 12. And here's their name, Simon, whom he named Peter, Andrew, Peter's brother, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who would later betray him. These were the twelve. I believe that Jesus picked each one of these guys on purpose. He knew what he was doing when he picked them. Now, question is begged, as he's picking these guys for the inner circle, uh, was Judas a good pick? What do you think? Did it, was Judas a good pick? Some of you are like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> listen, listen. Some of us, have you ever made a bad pick in relationships? Don't point. Do not point. That's not nice. That's not nice. All right, some of y'all might be sitting next to a bad, bad pick. Um, <clears throat> listen, listen, listen. I don't know if he's a good pick or a bad pick. Here's what I know. God can take your bad pick, just like Judas, and he can redeem it for good. He knew what was going to happen. He took that thing and he said, I'm going to use that for his purpose. God has purpose, a kingdom mindset beyond what you and I can see to say, hey, this life, this world isn't created just all around, circle around us. There's a bigger picture here, this kingdom thing. You know, in my mind, when I think of kingdom, it's been wrestled, you know, okay, God's got this kingdom. It's hard to explain. But a lot of us, we're so blind to it, we are kingdom, D-U-M-B. We, we were like, what, what is this thing? And I'm trying, it's like trying to clue us in. There's a bigger, there's something more going on. I know we have our life to live. I know we have our health. I know we have our bills and we have our things. But underneath it all is a spiritual battle that trying to just lift the scales off your eyes to see. Now, in Acts chapter 2, it says all the believers, this is this first church, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which we kind of mentioned last week. That's, that's, hey, they didn't have the Bible written. Those teachers, those original disciples, those guys were speaking their eyewitness accounts of what Jesus said, the things that he did. We have the eyewitness accounts right here, the things that Jesus said, the things that he did. They devoted themselves to it. So we said, hey, if we're going to love Los Alamos, you better get in the Word. you got to get in the Word. What are you hungry for? This thing is like a meal. And you need to get that food, get that bread on the daily, all right, and, and, and figure out what, what's God speaking to me. Now, they also did more than that. They said, and to the fellowship. That's to the people. They, they, they dedicated themselves to one another. And when you read the rest of the New Testament, you said, hey, you, you get all these commands. Hey, love one another. Forgive one another. Confess to one another. Serve one another. Give to one another. You have all these one another's. Well, you cannot one another by yourself. If you're going to forgive someone, that means you have gotten so close to people that they were able to hurt you. All right, so this whole thing called church, this, they, 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 they said, hey, I'm in. And even though we're different, way different, all right, I'm, I'm devoted to the people. 
and we're going to figure out this thing called unity, even though we're different. All right, they also did, they shared meals together, prayer, and each day the Lord was adding to their fellowship those who were being saved. Like God was like, hey, I got people who are united. I got people who are hungry for my word. I got people who are hungry for serving other people and giving of their lives to one another and sharing meals. I'm going to work through that. I'm going to do some work through those people. I'm going to heal some people, help some people, and guess what? God bless that ministry. That's what we're trying to do here. That's what we're trying to do here. Now, I had five points to the sermon when I wrote it. I was like, oh, boy, we're going to be here all week long. And so you only get one today. I'll only give you one, but it's going to take the rest of the time to get here. Um, this, how, how to pick a partner. How to pick a partner. If you're single, this is going to help you out a lot. If you're looking for a business partner, this is going to help you out a lot. This is going to, if, if you, want to, you want to journey fast on this kingdom deal, how, who are we looking for? Who, who's, who, how am I, how am I my picking partners and, and, and friendships and building the right relationships with me? And again, this isn't say I can't be friends with ever, you know, a lot of people. I'm just saying the core group, that inner circle, who's in, who's out, what am I looking for? The first thing is, is encouragers. I want someone who has mastered the art of encouragement. Someone when I'm having a bad day, someone when, when I have screwed up and made a mistake, that they are, they are there not, to, not necessarily to, to dismiss a mistake or anything like that, but they are, they're there to say, hey, great job. They're there to, to build life into me, to call out greatness in you, to see things in yourself that you don't even see. Hey, did you lose weight? No, not really. Just wearing black today, I guess. I don't know. Um, like, someone who is, who is going to speak life into you, and not just on vain compliments, but I mean see the greatness in you, to see that there's more in you than you can see in yourself, and I want to find those people in my life. Quite honestly, when I look at Scripture and when I see what God says about the church, and how I think the church should be like the billboard for encouragement for people around town and in our city and in our world. I, 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 we ought to be the poster child. But what, what, are, what is the church known for, either through your own experience or through what gets portrayed in, in the media and culture? What are we known for? Judgment, discouragement, hate. Like it or, or, or not, that's just generally, we know this, right? So this could be the start of a revolution, all right? I can't change all the churches in the world, but I can, I can start here and I can start with me. And I guarantee you there's about 100 of us in the room. If we start living this out, you can start a revolution in Los Alamos. I, I promise you, he, he didn't need more than 12. I'll take 100 and let's go. In the, in the church, what we see is, unfortunately, a lot of discouragement. You, you want to you be discouraged, just make a mistake in front of church people, right? And then they'll use Jesus and Scripture to beat you down with the two, right? I got 25 verses to say why you're messed up and screw up and all those things. That's not what I want. I want someone who, who can encourage. And, and, and part of this, as I was thinking about it, too, was like, man, I, I got to be careful because it is Los Alamos and it's a small town. But you ever go to, like, your kids' events or their practices or certain things like that, and uh, you, you don't get to choose who the other kids on the team are, and you certainly don't get to choose who the other parents are on that team, and you kind of got to associate for a season or whatever. 
oh, man, I'm in a, I'm in a season where oh, I want to watch my son play and, and do certain things and cheer him on. But it's in the small confines where you got to sit with a group of, of, of parents. And, oh, gosh, it's horrible, y'all. It is, it is, I don't, it's just like nonstop complaining, and I didn't get that email, and I mean, just anything and everything, and it's everything I can do to just not make a pastor cuss in, in a public place. <laughs> I just, uh, it's bad. It's really, really bad. Um, you, it's like, I think some of y'all feel, feel my pain, and I, I'm trying to keep that cautious, but I think, you know, like, I can't deal with people who are complainers. If we're going to roll together, we got to figure out a way. Even if the situation is bleak, even if it is dire, we have got to move out of this negativity mindset. I want to I find someone who, who is speaking life. And if, if you're going to go off on, on parents or on our school, if you want to go off on social media and, and, and rage about your neighbors and, you know, a long rant alert, and here it goes, at least in my mind, I still love you. But you, you I, at least in my mind, I, it's like disqualified from people who I'm looking to ride or die with, who I want to go on this kingdom mindset with. All right, I still love you, but I'm going to love you from a distance. All right, I, I want people, this is what I'm looking for, encouragers. How many people could use some encouragement in your life? Like you're like, hey, I would love for someone to speak some life over me. I would love to find this person who encourages me, all right? Yeah, I've never met a single person who is like, yeah, I'm, la- I'm not lacking in the encouragement department. Like everybody's like, I could use a little bit more. If someone plays you a compliment, you're like, no, I've gotten too much. I'm overfilled with it. No, we all need it. Everybody in here needs it. And in Los Alamos specifically, where we are not dealing so much with financial poverty, although it exists, we are in a poverty-stricken city when it comes to relationships. You, You go down your row, there's somebody in your row who's desperate for a relationship right now, who's desperate, hungry, starving for a friendship. I want to look for encouragers in my life. I need people who have mastered the art of encouragement. Rita, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this later because I didn't run this past you. But um, if you have an encourager in your life and they're speaking and building you up, they can make you do things that you don't even want to do. All right, we've been, we'll be married for 20 years in November. So like 19 years ago, there was this one time um, I'm, I was folding some laundry. Rita walks in the room and says, that's sexy. I've been doing laundry for 19 years now. I, I will fold that stuff and do some push-ups. I'll fold it with, you know, whatever. I, ladies, ladies, if you need a tip for, this is for, for, for married couples, you want a tip. What does your husband really want? What does he want? What does the guy want? Not that. Well, he does want that, but he wants you to believe in him. Do you believe in me? Even though I did this, even though I said that, even though, whatever, at the heart, if he knows that you believe in him, oh, I'll go save the world for you. I'll go take on anything and I'll do it all when he knows you have that belief. 
Now, it can be hard when you don't trust them or believe in them. I'm not getting into marriage and relationships in this, but I'm just telling you, at the core, every guy wants to be believed in. Every female wants to be believed in and be encouraged. Someone who can speak life and, 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 and encourage you to do things that you don't even think you're capable of doing. Now, some of you, when it comes to actually doing some of these things that you want to do, some of the things that you're like, hey, I feel like this might be my purpose in life. I want to take that step forward. We're so discouraged, not because you don't think you can do it, but you haven't built, you haven't built the, the circle around you of people who can encourage you along the way. Encourage to, to, to develop, put in courage into you to go do the things. We need these people in our lives. And the truth is, many of us, we are looking for this person in our life. We are wanting this out of that person in our life. Man, if they would just be more encouraging. Man, if my spouse would just believe in me, then I could. And, and we're looking for this in our lives, but we refuse to be it. See, here's the, the flip side of being a power partner, of being a, a power couple, of, of really making a difference. I need this in my life, but I better be it. I better be the person that I'm looking for. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let, everybody say this next word with me, let Say it again. Let. Okay, that's, that's pretty all-inclusive. All right. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words would be an encouragement to those who hear them. This means some of y'all better not, like, you just have to play the silent game all week long. All right. I wish I had, you know, those little tongue depressors when you go into the doctor's office and, and, and they're like, hey, open your mouth, say, ah, and you're like, ah, you know, you gag or whatever. I wish there was like a spiritual one of those, like right before you said whatever you're going to say, it would just be like, ah, you know, and then you stop. I mean, we'd be doing that a lot. All right, don't use foul or abusive language. Now, a lot of us get tripped up and say, oh, don't cuss, or don't say the Lord's name in vain, or something like that. Listen, 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 listen. It, it goes beyond that, because you can abuse someone by telling them the truth without love. Kids, do not point to your parents. You could tell the truth without love and be very abusive. Don't let any foul or abusive language come out. Everything you say be good and helpful. The words we speak ought to build people up. Quite honestly, I know it's, I we're all going to slip up in this, but to encourage other people is really easy. It's not that hard to see someone and give them, pay them some sort of compliment. It doesn't have to be much. Just say, hey, great job. The way you, 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 know, you waited at our table, that was awesome. Hey, to the cashier who's working in line, hey, I saw that person, and they were kind of chewing you out because they didn't get their dollar coupon or whatever or whatever. You just, like, you held your, like, it's pretty, pretty impressive the way you handled that situation. You can, you, it is very easy to pay compliments to people. You just got to have your eyes open, and you just got to be intentional about it. Too many of us, we hold back the superpower in relationships. We hold it back because we're too afraid of what someone might think. We hold it back because, probably because we don't think these things about ourselves. The foul and abusive language comes right back at us. And we don't believe these things about ourselves, and so we hold them out and hold others out from them as well. 
I want us to be a church. If we're going to love Los Alamos, what am I trying to say here? I want us to be encouragers. In 2024, I want us to be encouragers. Don't let, don't go, don't let everything you say be good and helpful, right? And then just like a couple verses earlier, it says don't let the sun go down on your anger. Like if you're angry, deal with it quickly. Don't hold on to that. Don't let a seed of bitterness go down. I want to say don't let the sun go down without you encouraging somebody this year. Every day, find somebody Somebody to encourage, someone to build up, someone to speak life into. And you're going to find when you speak life into other people, you start feeling a little bit better about yourself as well. And then when you, when you encompass your other, yourself with other people who are going to be speaking life over you, who see the good in you that maybe you can't see, you're going to, you're going to start stepping into the areas that you didn't know that you could. What if they're not a Christian, Mike? Can I, can I pay a compliment to somebody who's, who's not a Christian, or is this just for Christians? <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> you can encourage it. What better way to get into somebody's life than to be an encourager for them? To build them up. You don't have to agree with everything they do. My gosh, I think we're past that. We should be past that. But you can encourage anyone and everyone. No, they don't have to be just Christians. What if it's not true, Mike? Can I, can I encourage someone? Even if it's not really true, like, if you want to come to me after the sermon, say, hey, Mike, that was a great sermon. No, please, I'm not fishing for compliments. Listen, before we started Freedom Church, I was a youth pastor at First Baptist, and I'm not going to speak bad about First Baptist. I I love First Baptist. I love the people there. But there was a season in there where I'm like, God, what are we supposed to do? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Where do you want me to go? I, I just, I don't know. I need your help, God. And we had a pastor at that time, an interim pastor. His name was Keith Williams. And, and during that time, I was kind of seeking for jobs around uh, the Midwest area, thinking that we were going to be moving from Los Alamos. And Keith, um, he knew I was interviewing, and I was using, interviewing to work with teenagers, inter- interviewing to work with kids, interviewing to work with, with young adults. And he said, Mike, you need to be a, a pastor you need to be a senior pastor. I'm like, no, 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 no. You got the wrong guy. And he's like, no, you, ha- you have it. I had other people in that time of my life who did not like me so much. And they're like, you're not a pastor. You will never be a pastor. And you will not be the pastor of this church. I mean, just. There was days I wanted to quit. There's lots of days where I'm like, I'm done. I had somebody who saw me and saw something that I couldn't see in me, and I knew I had this calling from God. That's the thing. I knew God was calling me to, pass, to be a pastor, but I'm still trying to figure it out. I had other, some people saying, no, no way, no how. And on the days I wanted to quit, I had Keith in my ear encouraging me saying, no, you are built for this. You've got this. You can do this. God is calling you to this thing. And those are the people that I want in my life that can keep me from quitting when I shouldn't. I'm grateful for the keys in my life that spoke life to me and saw things in me. So no, does it have to be true? Uh Uh-uh, because I was a terrible pastor then. (laughs) I was not very good. I had to grow into it. But you can speak that over people and definitely build them up and see what you see in them, even if they're not at their best. I want to be a church. We get into the God's word this year like we've never had before. Maybe you haven't been in for a while. Okay, fine. Find a day or two this week and get in. That's more than you've been in the last year. Fantastic. We're growing. We're moving. I want people who are growing and hungry. 
I want people who are encouragers. When you get out of here, find people to, to be encouraging for and, and with. I'm going to give you a preview. We're going to deal with these later this year because it's 2024. It's an election year. All right. If there's ever a year I want to quit, it's this year because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do all the craziness that's going to take place. We're going to fight for unity. We're not going to fight each other. We're not going to fight our world. We're not going to fight our political opponents. All right. We're going to love them. We're going to love them. We're going to be encouragers. All right. If we disagree, we're going to fight for unity. We're going to fight for reconciliation. But we will cover relationships throughout this year because we're going to need it. We're going to need it. First one was encouragers. I'll give, you, I'll give you a few more, but I'm going to do other sermons on these. One, I want people surrounding me who are empathizers, people who listen. We, I, want to, I want to partner with somebody where it's not always about them, where they're always flipping the conversation on them. I want, so, I want someone who can hear, listen, and empathize. They may not agree, but they could at least maybe understand a little bit. I want to surround my people with people who have, have integrity, people who, who have principles, principles built right on here, all right? I'm not, I'm not going to go live my way and how I want, and based on my feelings, I, I'm living by, by these principles right here. I want people who are involved, people who are present, people who show up. I, I need people in my life who, when things are bad, they are there, and there's something about presence. These are the people that I'm looking for. I'll give you a bonus one. I want people in my life who get better, people who grow up, people who don't stay in the cocoon but say we, we've got something more to do, and we will do the painful work of transition because, because here's, the, here's the thing about the cocoon. You're in transition, and you know, hey, I'm going to walk through this because there's something better on the other side. You know who hates that? The people who you love, the people who you're closest to, in a sense, they are used to the caterpillar you, and they like that. This new version of you that gets into the God's Word, this new version of you that says, hey, I know it doesn't quite line up with everything how I used to live, but I'm going to live by this as best as I can. And I'm going to, this Jesus guy, he has changed my life, and I'm going to follow him. And they knew the past you. They're not going to like this new you. They want to drag you back to the caterpillar you. And you say, no, 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 I, I love you. I love you, but I got a different perspective now. I got a different trajectory here, and we're moving on. I want people who don't stay stuck, but they keep moving forward to get better. In Los Alamos, this is hard because as soon as you build these relationships or you find these relationships, what happens? They move. <laughs> You build a relationship, you got them, and then they're in Texas or they're in Tennessee or wherever. So if we're going to do this, you got to do it on the daily, and you got to be constantly building relationships with a whole group of people. This is why you got to get in a connect group. It's going to be a little bit weird and awkward at first, but I'm always building relationships. Not, no one person is meant to withstand that kind of weight and pressure anyway. If you're going to put it all on that one person, you're going to crush them. If you put that all on your spouse to be your everything, you're going to crush them. God has put a, a, a whole group of people in your life to do life with and build these encouraging things with. And so I'm always building relationships in Los Alamos. So when they do move, I'm not in desperate need. 
this type of living to build relationships, to pour into other people, to encourage them. Man, you're gonna, I'm telling you, that's going to be contagious. People are going to be around someone who empathizes, someone who listens to them, who tries to understand what's going on in their life, who lives by principle, who has integrity and, and is going to show some character, someone who is, who is always getting better and working on themselves, who shows up and is present. That's attractive. That, I mean, you're looking for a friend? Go be that person. Go be the person that, you're look, that they're looking for. Jesus closes it with this verse. He prays that prayer. He prayed that prayer that we said at the beginning. Now I'm going to close with this. Let's go ahead and stand um, so we can, we, can, we can close out here. He prayed for those disciples. And he says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's us today. Jesus says a prayer for us. He says, I pray that they will be one, unity just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, may they be in us. Here's the purpose piece. Here's the mission piece. It's always been there. I want them to be united. Why? So that the world will believe you sent me. This life, God created you and I. God loves you and I. God wants a relationship with you and I. This Jesus guy, who was God, came to earth. He knew that you and I, there's nothing you and I could do to earn a right relationship with God. We're already in bad standing. None of us in here are perfect. Which, by the way, if you're looking for friendships and relationships, no one wants to hang out with Mr. or Mrs. Perfect. All right, We know people who think they're just God's perfect gift and they're not fun to hang out with. We know we're sinners. We know we're screwed up. We know we're a mess. We know we need help. And Jesus said, hey, I'm the fixer. I'm the savior. I came. I came to do the work that you couldn't do. He died on the cross for your sin, my sin. That was the payment, death. He sacrificed his life, and he said, that was it. You don't have to do another thing. Now you just receive the relationship. It's like a gift on your birthday. Here you go. Open it. Receive it. How do I receive it? Believe. Believe that Jesus Christ is God's son. He died on the cross for your sin, my sin. He didn't just stay dead. He rose from the grave gave them victory, is going to have eternal life waiting for you in heaven. All you have to do is say, hey, you know what? I believe it and I give my life to you, Jesus. And the best way I know how, I surrender to you. I'm just going to try to follow you the best way I know how. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's hard, but it's the best decision you ever make in your life. He's where the joy is. He's where the hope is. He's where the purpose is. He's where the peace is. The world will promise you all those things, and it delivers anxiety, division, hate, depression, stress, overwhelmed. I'm telling you, Jesus, you'll still have stressful situations, but he'll, he'll give you joy and purpose in the middle of it. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you wanna partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's gonna get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.